Hey guys, welcome to Save the Teeny Podcast, where every week we get together and talk about video games and video game related stuff. As always, I'm Shanae Howard. With me is Thomas Shelby. Hello. And Ryan Robinson. So when tech CEOs give keynotes, they always hold their hands like this. Like that. Okay. It, so guys, what have y'all been playing this week? I just been playing Pro Skater, but like really not much, you know. Did you see that thing about the two Twitch people uh like one upping each other in there and like one person got like fifty six million? No, I didn't uh, see that. So yeah, they were like doing that like free skate trick thing where you just like try yeah. and like get like a high score. So yeah, one of them got like a fifty six million. So like it started off with like one playing for like seven hours and getting like like two something million and then like the other person got on for like 10 hours and they just kept like rising until like that so it's been kind of well, fun it's been pretty exciting I'm for like, better the than they are because i have i unlocked the cheats so i can get that score i mean you know make it put it on the twitch channel yeah in the fight that would be some <laughs> pretty funny clickbait right like come watch me get 100 million and then just I mean, turn on the cheats i mean people <laughs> people uh people deceived subscribers and try to get views uh doing much worse things so yeah. so i'm gonna do that i'm gonna be twitch famous all right tom i feel like you have everything that it takes to be twitch famous yeah. As it stands, without you doing cheats. So if you were to do well, cheats, you could be more Twitch famous than anyone. I have everything I, that it takes right now, but I'm going to have a vasectomy soon, and then I'm not going to have it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't cut your balls off. You'll still you know have I mean? them. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you. I mean, depends on how shaky that doctor's hands are, Shanae. Yeah. So. Well, y'all recently educated me on what shaky means. Yeah, yeah. you had the wrong idea. <laughs> uh, didn't play anything else besides Tony Hawk? No, man, or I just... haven't had a lot of time for that stuff. I've been reading here and there, but that's about it. What you been reading? I'm reading a John Grisham book called The Street Lawyer, and that's going okay. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see. What's the street lawyer about? I don't know. So far. A lawyer like on the some, streets. So far, it's just <laughs> some weird hostage situation. Okay. With a bunch of lawyers. Like uh, a lawyer we'll holding someone else hostage? No, it's like a homeless guy holding a bunch of lawyers hostage. Now you're talking. Yeah. I like that. It's got dynamite strapped to him. Cool. Yeah. You, Ryan. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, so, this last week here, I got, well, me and Kaylee got the Platinums for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Fuck yeah. Uh, it's a very proud moment for both of us. Um, play Does that unlock the OnlyFans? Yeah, that'll, that <laughs> so once you, so the cool thing about getting the Platinum <laughs> is once the Platinum pops, you get a message from Ubisoft, uh, with your OnlyFans information. So you just use that to get into Cassandra's OnlyFans. So wait, is it a Ubisoft run OnlyFans where yeah. you can see like Ubisoft devs naked? 
Mm. Or does it make an OnlyFans for you automatically? So, so you far, the only two uh, who are naked on the OnlyFans are uh, Cassandra and Rayman. So that's all we get oh. so far. I forgot. I did play a game of video game Monopoly with my family, and I won. So that was nice. Sure. Because yeah. you're a winner. Six-player Monopoly takes over two hours not not interested i feel like any monopoly takes over two hours yeah yeah i mean when your hands are shaky sure <laughs> i feel like that would help you uh, with the dice and all what's so what's your ne- y'all's next game to platinum or are you still deciding so uh we decided that we we're gonna play a game that we can like actually play together <laughs> uh so uh we purchased the game a game called hunt down uh, it is a very 80s-inspired uh, uh, action, like, s- platformer shooter affair. Um, you can choose one of, like, each player chooses one of three mercenaries, and you go through different areas uh, murdering different gangs uh, and to, and for, to bring order back to this uh, corporate-run megacity. Um so far oh, i know that i know the game you're talking about so cool yeah uh game is very hard um but it's very also very cool very fun lots of different like different guns a lot of really funny references like one of the bosses uh talks just like macho man randy savage and that's a good time nice um yeah and I forgot also, about the games we played hanging out yeah i i motor uh, racer we played motor racer games. We played Motor Racer for the PlayStation 1. Motor Racer 2. Motor Racer 2, I'm sorry. Yeah. Kayla's favorite Thank game, you. apparently. Um, I thought it was, it was uh, Lion King. Uh, I think she probably likes Lion King more. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, it was actually it was interesting uh, playing Let's call her. a PS1 racing <laughs> game. With, like, with, the, with, the, with that frame rate and the pop-in... And yeah. like all the things that were emblematic of polygonal video games of that time, it was um, fun though. Yeah, lots of. Uh, I was really bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was really bad too. Like I didn't get through a single lap without falling off my bike. But Kayla, like she, she like jacked into the matrix, and was immediately great at that game. So, um, the game contains. Well, lo- she grew up with it though. Sure, sure. She uh, the game contains lots of what I can only describe as royalty free ska. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's more. Is it just horns? It's not really. Oh yeah, because there was no horns. Yeah, my bad. There, the game had it had no horns. Um, oh. Uh, let's see. Also, Ryan. Tom and I played uh, Capcom vs. SNK Part Two for the Dreamcast. That game has not aged a day. Uh, that game is still fantastic, very fun. Um, and we played Street Fighter Five together, which was the highlight of my evening honestly uh i very much enjoyed that did uh, you win any yeah I, I won a few um and he's being modest usually i win a lot more than ryan this time ryan won a match more than me so you know i'm doing okay. I, I, do, I hey hey i do okay all right i do okay <laughs> um then I think the the other game, so I 
I checked. Okay, so um, the version of Assassin's Creed Odyssey that I purchased also came with a remastered version of Assassin's Creed Three, and um, those I could like now playing an older Assassin's Creed game. I see why they made the changes to the combat that they did because um, it just now it just feels really. Uh, going back to it, it feels really clunky and weird, and it's just bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, bad. And like, I did spend almost an hour trying to get those like feathers or eggs, or whatever, in the beginning of that game. Um, yeah, I don't even really know because so I wanted so when I when I on the cover of the game is is the Native American assassin Connor who looks very cool. He's got some really badass looking tomahawk. But so far, I'm playing as this weird white dude who like like talks to like dad. A, that's his dad. Well, Connor's yeah, dad it'll, fucking it'll, sucks. It'll, yeah, he does. But it eventually will get to Connor. And he but, he wears a very offensive tri-corner hat. Offensive only in that Kaylee really hates tri-corner hats, and she commented it on it a few times. Uh, is it like this? Oh, she hates his ponytail. Is it as like well. me? Is it like me and blazers? <laughs> uh, I didn't know you had a thing against blazers, but <laughs> just ill-fitting ones. must hate that bloodborne fella. Oh yeah, she. Well, no, she seems to be very tolerant of bloodborne feller. Um, and then I also played Everspace, which is a really fun roguelite space shooter, which is has really pretty explosions in it. And I'm better at that game than I remembered. Also, lastly, I played 30 seconds of Ion Fury before the show. So. Hey, you know what's out tomorrow, though? What's that? Spelunky 2. Oh, yeah. I was just reading a Facebook post about that. Uh, yeah. So I imagine you were quite excited. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know? You're going to spelunk some? It sounds like it's very slightly easier, which I could definitely use. Okay. Because I'm real bad at Spelunky. Okay. Well, yeah. I hope that this game is everything that you want and more. I mean, hey, it's getting awesome scores, you know? Yeah, uh, IGN gave it a 10 out of 10, which I don't know what that means. Yeah. But uh, also, Tom gave me two stickers. You can't really see them. You can see the Upright Citizens Brigade sticker right there. You don't, nope. see, you don't see that right there? <laughs> nope. We, we can't on the call, but they'll be able to in frame, okay. like in the video. So yeah. those of you watching at home can see this Upright Citizens Brigade sticker. Uh, my fight stick is covering up a Bjork sticker that he got me, and I'm very grateful. Yeah, so, I, I got it. those for you a long time ago. Yeah, but it's you... just been virus season. Yeah, I had a copy <laughs> of I have a copy of The Last of Us Two that I'm meaning to give Tom right before I left. Right before I left the apartment, I was like, "Don't forget the game," and I remembered it right as I got there. <laughs> so, so, but that's it. That's what I've been up to. Shanae, what about you? I've been playing a little more Animal Crossing because cool. my sister is doing this really cute idea. So she's had a library for a while. My sister's a very big reader. And she's decided now that she's, like, collected a bunch of stuff, she's going to do, like, vignettes of different books all around uh, her island. So she has, like, a little, like, table with, like, mushrooms and, like, dolls and stuff for, like, Alice in Wonderland. She has a little section for, like, the Three Musketeers, Harry Potter... Um, like Charlotte's Web. So <clears throat> I've been, uh, I mean, basically just cleaning up my island after not touching it for two months. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in the, I'm actually in the same boat as you right now. And then um, 
just playing that Atomi on the Switch. Uh, I played a, a decent amount of I Am Bread. I I don't regret spending the $2 on it, but I'm not going to play it anymore. Um, still haven't touched uh, Last of Us probably going to do that this upcoming weekend and then um, just been playing a lot of Divinity 2 we also um, went to Home Depot and got like a bunch of Ethernet cable and like like, splitters and then made uh, Ethernet cords for my work and my, my PC so I have less latency issues and then, um, yeah, I've just been playing, like, Divinity when I can with Birdo. Um, with their schedules being so different, I think I'm about to start a campaign, like, just by myself. And just, like, stop whenever we get to, like, wherever we are in the game. Oh. Because, um, so, like, with it, there's, like, a, you can do like, up to a party of four. But they have, like, this, like, trait in there called Lone Wolf. Where if you, the, le- the less amount of people in your party... Um, that you get more, like, strength and bonuses and stuff. And it's just me and him playing as each one character. But we kind of were thinking we should have done it, like, as two characters each. So I can, like, experiment more. Because I've been getting more into the crafting, which is still not great. But, like, we had a bunch of shit that we've been saving. So finally getting into that. And then I also, like, have been respecting one of my characters. I was, like, super tank-heavy. But now I'm going pure ranger. And having fun with it, but I just like I want to try a lot of things, but I only have the one character, and I could have had two to like fuck around with. And uh, so yeah, just a lot of divinity, to be honest. Shanae, I can't wait until you are at the point in your computer gaming career when you start referring to your computer as your rig. I can't wait till you're that guy. I mean, I can just start being that guy now. And then it you'll know. Be very, it won't be very sincere. You'll know you've made it. <laughs> so. Um, I also need to get a a new cord so I can plug in both my monitors. Because right now I'm like solo monitoring it. On, sure. On uh, there. The cool thing about having two monitors is it makes you feel like a hacker man. That's what I like about it. I mean, yeah. Also, like. You can do more stuff. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, what do you think? Yeah, I kind of had a bit of a busy week. So I haven't played as much as I have been playing. At least not at a variety as I've been playing last, like, month or so. But, uh, yeah, just really enjoying Divinity. I've talked a lot of shit about it for a while and really liking it. So you, like, thought you weren't going to be into it before you'd played it? Um. The I can't do it without my phone, my camera turning off. But I played on. I thought I played it on a 360. <clears throat> yeah, I know the first one was. I think the first one was on the 360. Huh. I think I, then, I might be misremembering. But yeah, but I remember just like playing a little bit of it and just like not getting it on the console at all and not yeah. really liking it. Like I thought it was just like a really bad wannabe, uh, like, Diablo mixed in with some, like, other Western RPGs. <laughs> Whoa! Excuse me. Uh, bless you. And then, but, like, I think that might have just been because it was on console. Because I, I also did not, I mean, I liked Final Fantasy and I liked playing it on the 
on PS4 because it's what we had at the time. Yeah. But even then, I mean, I still would have rather played it on a PC. So maybe just like for these kind of things, like I'm just a PC person because I also played Diablo mainly on the computer and not like on console. Well, like, so they I think they did a good job bringing over Diablo, though, right? Like, I could see oh. Divinity being like not great on a console, you know? Well, I also just didn't get the storyline and I didn't like look really much into it. I just do the thing that I do with games. I'm like, hey, I want to play this. Dive in. And then. No like... one cares about the Diablo story. No, I think Divinity. Oh, okay. I was going to say. I do. I do. But really? my, da- my dad no. also cares about the Diablo story. <laughs> <laughs> If anybody but, cared about uh, the Diablo story, adventure mode wouldn't be a thing, okay? Uh, but he, but, uh, yeah, no, so, but, I mean, Diablo just had all those issues at launch on the PC, and so it was just kind of like, I, this game's almost unplayable, I'm, I'm just gonna give it a break for a while. Um, but it ended up eventually playing, uh, yeah, there was just, like, a lot of issues in the launch. I had it at launch, I loved that thing. I liked it better at launch than the state that it's, that it's in now, honestly. I haven't played it any time recently, so I don't know necessarily what changed. But I just, like, I tried playing with friends uh, on that online thing at launch. And, it like, I just had a hard time getting into this on the servers. I've had a hard time, like, with friends, Uh, like, staying in-game. And there was just, like, a lot of glitchy, weird stuff that was just, like, I, okay. And then, like, good stuff. Yeah, so it was just, like, a lot of, like, technical issues that I had. And, um... But I still like. I mean, I still love Diablo. I'm, I do enjoy most Blizzard games that I've played. Um, but yeah, no, Divinity is super good. I I regret giving it a bad rap for a while, but I'm super digging it now. Right on. And then, um, yeah. But you had a topic this week, Ryan. Yes, sir. So this week, fellas, I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, games that you. Hmm. The themes that you have perceived to be prevalent in games that you've played and talking about whether or not those the-, the themes that you had noticed particularly resonated with you. Um, I have some specific examples of themes in games that I have played that uh, I have brought to the table. Um, I wanted to know if either if, if you guys had games that had you know prominent themes that you had noticed and and thought were like me you know get, like like provoked thought in you or that you you noticed the themes but you didn't like it or whatever I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this stuff and uh, I just thought it would be a nice thing to talk about this week. Well, lead the give way, me, Ryan. Yeah, give me an example because it's kind of vague. I need that. It's yeah. It is. It's, it's, is it vague? Okay. Quite, yeah. Yeah. It's quite vague. Yeah. Okay. Quite vague. Quite? Quite. Okay, there we go. That's what I was looking for. All right. So, I'm going to start us off. Let me get my notebook, okay? Hold on. You have already grabbed your notebook. It's right here. It's right here. <laughs> it's right here. Okay. So, I will concede that I was being vague. Uh, no one had asked me for clarification, so I thought we were good. But here we go. All right, so um, the first game that yeah. I'm... Oh, sorry? Oh, no, I was just going to say, I was <laughs> going to do what we're doing. I was just going to... I Sorry, I, I, it was a little delayed on there. 
But yeah, no, I was going to ask you what you meant on the show, like we're doing now. Because I was like, ah, he'll explain it later. Fair. Fair. Huh? Yeah. Okay. But first, though, sorry. All right. So, you got a little, little De Niro there. Yeah, it just comes out sometimes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? All right. So, uh, I guess the first of the games, the first of the three games that I want to bring up is Dark Souls. Okay. I wrote down some bullet points here. All right. So, one of the themes that I have on, and I think is very prevalent in the game and specifically the first the first dark souls but i think it is something that uh um uh, what's the word um is consistent throughout all three dark souls games but i feel like i felt it most prominently in the first game and that is like the major theme i think in dark souls is despair and specifically enduring through that despair and moving th- moving through it and feeling um and going through the hardship to the point to where it becomes desperation and f- ultimately through going into um when you conclude the journey um change through pain and i felt like I felt like this, these, these three themes in, in, in Dark Souls were, they resonated with me only in that um, it's, they stand in such a stark contrast, I think, to a lot of um, action RPGs in that at some point in a lot of action RPGs, as you gain, as you gain levels and as you, you know, get better equipment you feel you're made they give you the projection of being kind of i guess like a kind of a demigod right like you're just this powerful force that becomes at some point nigh unstoppable and that's like kind of a loop with a lot of action rpgs whereas one of the things that they kind of try to reinforce regardless of your progression or your build or whatever kind of equipment that you find yourself with is that no matter like what you try to give yourself as a boon, you will continue to suffer and you will continue to have to make an effort to persevere through that suffering. And that is just so interesting to me because I think that a lot of games, they try to make, they try to at some point make you feel powerful. And I think that what Dark Souls does is they re- they find ways to remind you that you're not, and in doing so, also tell stories of other characters within that world who tried to wield some kind of power and found themselves wanting in some way, and kind of doomed themselves to this ongoing torment as a result of it. And that sort of thing, it resonates with me because you don't, we don't tend, I don't feel like we tend to, at least in my experience, I think I should, I could think I could really only speak for myself, but in the games that I play, I don't feel like these other characters, these other beings that either I'm fighting or interacting with are just as much a part of the story as I am, such that I almost feel in Dark Souls like, I'm 
I'm no more a major character than any of the of the NPCs that I'm finding, be it, you know, the fodder that you face at the beginning of the game <clears throat> to, like, these huge bosses that you fight throughout the game. I think it's more important than the scalies. What's that? Yeah, right, I think, for sure. I think... I think you're more important than the skellies that you got to well, fight. Well, see, and I guess, and I think that... Because you, you got skin. Yeah. <laughs> well, bones. I think that that kind of is a little bit open to interpretation, right? Because on one hand, you could be seen as the savior who, who rekindles the flame, or you're seen as no more than a cursed undead who lost their way. And what that... That seems more significant. Well, those enemies. I mean, honestly, that's not... I mean, with the hundreds of hours that I spent with the game and absorbing all of that, yeah, that boiled... That's how I felt in the sure. game. And, and that's what's so great about it, I think, though. Because it never... It, the game never exalts you to make you feel like you're this world-saving hero. You are... You are an undead who is looking for his own asylum, his own redemption. And there are so many other characters who are around you that are looking for the same thing to sometimes to the point where they've, they've gone mad in search of it. And it reinforces that that could very easily be your fate. Like this could very easily be your character's fate. Should they ever succumb to that desperation, succumb to, the despair that is constantly at their, at their back, um, and that's and that is a theme. That's these are the themes that I mentioned. These are all what resonate with me about in Dark Souls, um, and so that's what my line of thinking was when I asked you guys what themes you guys have noticed in video games and 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 how they resonate with you. Not so much the the like the like the the verbatim story beats of the game but what is something that you've like what is the j overall vibe of the game that you right, noticed right, right, that right. kind of stuck with you it's an interesting it's an interesting topic for sure i don't think we've ever done uh a talk exactly like this and i don't know that's hard i kind of want to like touch on yours I think that, that that despair that you're speaking of, like that feeling, not necessarily of inadequacy, but that unspecialness uh, comparative to like other action adventure games, I think that's also like what brings the difficulty into it to play. Not, not that that game had to be difficult to create that feeling, but to create the feeling, it, I do feel like it had to be difficult because if you're breezing through everything, you're not going to feel a despair. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to feel frustration. You're not going to feel like all the things that the Dark Souls franchise is about. Yeah. And I think that <clears throat> the way that you described it now, it, like in your viewpoint of it and the theme of it, I think that that gives that franchise a lot more credit than people who just say, oh, the game is hard or just like, oh, it's a good game. It's really difficult. I think as far as like describing the actual game, I think that's like a lot better. Um, as far as like not the everyone's theme, there for the lore, though, you know? Yeah, but I feel like even if you don't read the books or whatever on the lore stuff, you still get that the fact is, like, because uh, I've watched Birdo play it and stuff like that, and I've watched other people play it. I've never played, really, truly played them myself besides some Demon Souls. 
And I mean, I tried a little bit, but I never could get into it. But even with that, like, you still, I feel like, grasp the, like, what he's talking about. Sure, sure. No, I get that. I think, like, it's such a weird uh, thing to, at least for me, to think of the character I'm controlling as insignificant because I'm controlling that character, right? It's like, pretty can I really be the hero, right? I forget what it is. There's like 9,000 or whatever, right? So, like, you're, you're this one of fucking 9,000 and, like, you die and you're not returning as the same pretty. You're returning as a whole new one. But, like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't feel that way, you know? You're controlling that character. I don't know, for me, anyway. Yeah, and but, I think I think it can be hard to kind of, like, I think that coming up when we play video games, it always, almost always, like, one of the big selling points, right, of a lot of games is, like, you are the hero. Right. You are the star of the show. See. And everything revolves around you. And so it's kind of hard to divorce yourself from the idea of that my, of that maybe not being the case. Uh, and especially when you are in direct control of everything this character does. And you're still, I think even at the back of your mind, this character can still be as great or as abysmal as you're capable of making them. Um, so, I mean, it, again, I, I definitely see where you're coming from, though, Tom. It's, it's hard to, especially when you, as the player, accomplish like what the game would consider to be nigh impossible feats uh, to get to the next screen, right? So yeah. it's definitely hard to see, like, see yourself as an, insig an insignificant presence in this grander scheme, but, like, I think that, uh, to Shanae's point, I think that the the difficulty of Dark Souls serves the narrative purpose of, make of at, at the very least, attempting to make you feel that way. Uh, sure. I think whether or not it's successful is it varying results with that, right? Um, but I think that, for me, and you know, what my mindset is when I play these games, I think that it is very effective. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I, I think that that is a good reason for, you know, that kind of balancing to exist. Not so much for just being difficult for the sake of being difficult, because I feel like that's pointless. Yeah, um, yeah. But being difficult for the purpose of conveying a, a very specific <clears throat> message to you I think is very powerful. Yeah. So, like, the only... So, the first game, I guess, like, comes to mind for me, as far as, like, themes and kind of, like, resonate, is I've played other Shin Megami Tensei games, but Persona 5 was, like, the first one that I, like, really played, and obviously I got very into it. Y'all to be talking about it for months. And, I don't know, I... Don't I... <laughs> <laughs> and... Like, yes, I liked the gameplay and a lot of the features about it, but the story of, I don't know, I, like, I do, like, agree with, like, Ryan a lot. I like the good boy stories. Yeah. And with that, like, it's just, with, at least for Persona 5, I can't really speak upon, upon the others, but, um, like, you know, the people in power, can, uh, a lot of them are, are corrupt. And, like... And the feeling of being able to necessarily do something about it. And not necessarily on there. I guess, like, as far as that goes, like, as far as theme goes, like, that's something that really, like, made me really like 
going into it because each new like kind of like stage or boss i was just like whenever they're getting introduced i'm like how fucked up are they what are they doing who is in charge of this fucked up area and like and it like made me more interested in the art style it made me like because of the theme and the narrative of the game like it made me more excited for each new level even if i like like obviously on that one i'm not getting challenged as much as i am with like say dark souls or another game but even with that as far as and it, it doesn't still it still doesn't feel light like when i have to play it like i still have to put thought and like you know figure out my monsters and stuff even with new game plus there's still like i still have to be thoughtful about what i do but it's in a fun way where i i feel cool because i still love my fantasy but also like i i just i really liked the like oh shit people are corrupt and they have this like crazy dreamscape where they do terrible things but it's like this in this alternate realm and i was like really down for that does better job of that than previous persona games like i like other persona games better than five but five does a better job of that you know of like hey these adults are like not so great you know like it does it, it, it hits well, that home pretty hard yeah. And then and then the deception in there and how like how like devastating it felt when you find out that character was not on your side. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to be vague to not spoil anything. Sure. But yeah. uh uh I don't know, can I just like prove that like yeah, anybody can be corrupt. And like through it too, like you also see like I think even on like the volleyball coach or like maybe not the volleyball coach, but I remember you seeing like other people your age like yeah. going along with the adults and like and knowing kind of what's going on and like still like perpetrating it. It's it's interesting because at the beginning, like I think that with the volleyball coach, they kind of they they weren't that subtle with it. Like you like you look at him, like even outside of his palace, you're just kind of like this guy is, seems kind of like he's a piece, piece of, of shit. shit. <laughs> but as the as it goes as it goes on, they they get a little bit more subtle with it, and just like to your point, just to prove like you know anybody can anybody publicly can be. You're great, but like can always privately be garbage, and um, and I, I think that was a, I thought that was a very like interesting kind of like just juxtaposition that they they had with it. Yeah, I I don't know. I am like normally uh, like kind of like I normally kind of gravitate to games that have some sort of alternate realm that encapsulates what's happening on another part of the game, like a dreamscape. These like whatever escape it is for when they go in the tunnels and you do all these like stuff for them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just always think it's super interesting because it gives such a more creative license to be ridiculous or have these like fantastical feats that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So like, I don't know. I'm just here trying to think about it. I think the only thing I can really think of is like, uh, you games, like in general, all of his games are about companionship. Right. And, like, he's talked about that pretty publicly. Uh, but, like, you see it, right? Like, every one of his games that have released so far, Eco Shadow of the Colossus or The Last Guardian, like, that's what it's about. Sometimes it's fucking White Fang slash Call of the Wild, you <laughs> yeah. know? But, like, it's still about companionship. Uh, but, like, it's so on the nose, though, right? Like, it's not, like, some hidden message. That's obvious what, what those games are about, you know? Sure, yeah. So, so does that, I don't know. So how does that, how does that resonate with you, though? Is that something that, like, that you, that is close to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think he does a better job of it than most, and he started doing it before most people did, right? Like, 
now we've got games like The Last of Us or whatever, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, or like, you know, we've got a lot more characters like that now. Uh, he did a good job of it with a very minimalist approach a long time before anybody else was doing it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, outside of something like a Final Fantasy, you know? Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... So, yeah. Or based off some sort of, like, movie or pre-existing right, genre right, right. where they can expand upon friendships more and yeah. uh, companionship. Because, I mean, because it, cause it does remind me of, like, in a lot of aspects, like uh, like Studio Ghibli, like they have a very definitive like theme. They're all, yeah. <clears throat> they're basically all kids or young adults that are going through some change in their life and they're having to accept it. And it's learning Not to pop go with... <laughs> I'd say a majority. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Miyazaki ones, right? Like, yeah, sure. all the Miyazaki ones. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah, Hall's Moving Castle, she was a little bit older, but she still was going through a life change, spirited away, she's moving. Uh, Ponyo, she wants to, the little fish wants to grow up from the parents. A lot of um, a lot of them, majority of them, are, like, kids going through the stages, and I think that's what resonates with people so much on there. But it is just a very, like, clear thing that, like, when you watch it, you're like, yeah, this is obviously what this is about. Yeah. And even his next game, like, all we know is hashtag Beauty and the Beast, but, like, I guarantee it'll be something like that, you know? For sure, yeah. But uh, I like that stuff a lot, and I like that, like, you know, with Eco, it's, like, just a stranger, right? You don't know, what's your name, Yorda? You don't yeah. know Yorda before you save her from that cage. Uh, with... The Last Guardian, like I said, it is very Call of the Wild. It's very Jack London, right? Like, it really is. Uh, but, like, uh, with Shadow of the Colossus, you don't know who Mono is to you, right? Like, right. people speculate, oh, that's his lover, or that's his sister. Or, like, you have no idea who that is. It never tells you who that is. All you need to know is that that's somebody that's important to you, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's pretty cool. What I think was, like, really, really powerful about... Um about eco is I started, I cared about Yorda the moment, like the very moment that I saved her from that cage. Like I cared about her, like not knowing anything about her, why she was in that castle or anything. I immediately felt like, like I wanted, I want to protect her from all those shadow goop monsters as best I can. And I always remember feeling like, like kind of like almost tangible anxiety whenever I had to leave her behind to go like solve a puzzle because I was leaving yeah. her, I was leaving her vulnerable and feeling like I I, 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 I said I do the puzzle to stay safe it's, it's like, I have this puzzle I mean the whole game the whole game's an escort mission right yeah but but it's like it's so funny because like how many times have you heard people talk about how much they hate escort missions right yeah but yeah I mean a lot of them are bad. To be fair, yeah, that, that's true. But with you know, with with Eco, it just felt like like this is my friend. Like I don't yeah. I don't know anything about you, but I know that you're my friend, and I want to protect you. Well, it's funny you think about like many years later, Peter Molyneux talks about holding hands in Fable Three. Yeah, like it was a new thing. Yeah, you know, and like it felt so. <laughs> 
just lifeless in it, Fable 3. Like, there was, you know? there was no real, like, actual yeah. purpose to it. Right, right, right. And, but, like, and the physics... It's just like Barbie is holding hands. It, it was, <laughs> honestly. And, like, sure. the, way that yeah. the, the way that the physics worked in the game, it was more comedic than sentimental most of the time. Right. Uh, whereas, like, whenever, whenever uh, Ego grabs grabs her hand, you're just like, you just like you immediately feel like there's that connection there, right? And he just guides her, and it just it feels it feels actually it feels real. Um, yeah. Which is it's like you're like a sibling, right? Or like yeah. a fucking little kid, or almost you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's it's a like the the relationship between those two translates into uh, uh, something very real to the player, I think. Um, and it's it's astounding to me that as effectively as that was done and how how great that was done with just almost just almost literally no dialogue exchanged between the two of them because she speaks a completely different language as him, so they can't really understand each other anyway, but it was done so well, and it's amazing that we have, and I haven't seen anything like that, like, really since, and I guess that's just a testament to how, almost honestly, how great that game is. Um, and same thing with Lost Guardian, like, that's such a believable fucking bird dog you know like it really is the way it acts it's very believable yeah and uh like i don't pry at like hardly anything you know but that thing had me tearing up yeah you know but uh yeah Uh, he's uh he's definitely good at what he does you know sure and like if he continues if he just continues making these fucking companionship games forever if that's all he ever puts out like i'm happy with that yeah i mean and why not because i think like again i again we haven't seen anything i haven't seen anything i haven't played anything i should say uh like ego and that game is almost 20 years old at this point um and i think that there is like a huge lack of games that that kind of um that build themselves around a sentimental connection like that, uh, that build themselves around making you feel like you true, like, like you really truly need to protect this other person that you're with or that this person games that do it well, you know? Yeah. Like, I think the last of us definitely hit some of those points, but like there's, I think movies and video games, uh, at least like storytelling video games are like stuck in like this three act structure that they just think is necessary when other art forms don't worry about that shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think you wait is like, fuck it. I'm just going to do this random crap, you know? Yeah. And I think it works well. Yeah. Like people kind of <clears throat> probably because of the precedents, like have that expectation of like the beginning, yeah. uh, like middle and conclusion. Right. <clears throat> to feel that closure with the game. And they need that, like, that hill to feel yeah. like it's good. And, I mean, if it's, a, if it's something that's working and people are liking and that's what they're wanting, then I don't necessarily think it's the worst thing to do that. Because at least no, it's a complete... It's palatable. At least it's... You know? You can, well, also, you can sell it. 
also it's at least at least a complete thought and not yeah. like it doesn't feel like so why did i just do all this stuff and i don't think any of his games feel that way though you know no i'm not saying that any of like eco or any of those yeah. feel that way but i'm talking about for like other games that do do it because yeah. there are um plug and play well yeah why? there are other games i've played that i why put a lot I of plug effort in, in those butts i don't know <laughs> you know so i don't I know why i did that so I can play yeah. with them. <laughs> but, but you know, uh, I mean, like we have, we have an abstract art, right? Like, but people are so scared to do that with film and with video games and with like many things. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's like that. Just like you said a minute ago, Thomas. Like, it, like it's like kind of the for a lot of people that could be the opposite of palatable, though, right? Sure. And it's hard to like when I think that. When, especially when we're, t and I think, and honestly, I think that this seems to apply more to the interactive medium of video games than it does for film. Uh, and that, like, people really need to feel like they know what they're getting into a lot of time when it comes to video games. And, like, the more, like, because I could look at it, like, to your example, plug and play, I could look at that and be like, <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I want to, I don't know, what is this? I don't know what this is. Like, and so. Like I'd have that's why I bought it. You know? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So there, there are some people who are definitely drawn to like, well, this is yeah. weird. I need to check this out. Versus, yeah. but there are also people who are like, this is weird. I don't know if I want to check this out. Yeah. But also, I think a lot of people like feeling like they know where they are in the story yeah. as well yeah. in a game. Because uh, like, be like, because there's a lot of times I've played games where I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm about halfway done. Yeah, and, and like I'm about halfway done. <laughs> and you, 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 what is games are very, very linear, and you can tell what is happening, right? Like it's not abstract at all. But like the way he tells stories, other people just don't in gaming, or at least not often, right? You get, you kind of get that sense with like some Genova Chen games, but like not real frequently. I just think that like uh, we could use more daring directors, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like that fucking Kaufman film you watched last week, right? You yeah, know? like yeah, there's not enough people doing that weird shit, you know. That was certainly an adventure. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> the funny thing about that about that Kaufman film and other films that made me feel similarly, like like films like Mother, like yeah. there's a point at which I feel like like this feels like a dream, like in the way that <laughs> dreams feel like where. Like weird, it's, it's like yeah, yeah every, it's everything yeah, is yeah, ever yeah. so slightly off. And you're at work, but like, it's not slightly. really your work, and people yeah. have a horse body. Yeah, and like and and like, so it's, I like could... it's Ryan, and I know it's Ryan, but it doesn't look like Ryan. Yeah, but it's yeah. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so like I could take two hours of that. Sure, right. twenty hours of it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it doesn't have to be twenty hours though. Right? Like, plug and play is like a fucking. Sure. 15 minute game. You sure. Know? And I think that more people are not making... saying it's good. Yeah. Don't buy it. But... <laughs> I think people are making more. Is it of a... $2? <laughs> Something think... like that. I think people are making more of a case for, you know, shorter games, right? Like that are like yeah. more of a concise yeah, experience. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, just very recently, people were actively making cases against games like that because they were having the whole dollars to hours conversation. Right. Um, but, you know, we've talked about it many times about the short games that we played, like, uh, that have been very powerful experiences and managed to create that in the span 
of sometimes less than an hour, like Florence. That was a 30 minute, yeah. that was a whole 30 minute thing, but. $60 game. Yeah. But also like some people, it's that whole thing where if it's not a $60 game, if people pay $60 yeah. and it's short, they're going to be mad they spent the $60, but if it wasn't $60, they're not going to buy the game because they don't think it's good. Right. So it's a self-fulfilling prophe- prophecy. Yeah. Meh. And yeah. that's with everything, even outside of video games, right? We assume that because something's more expensive, it's better. But, yeah, you know. Not the uh, case. But, like, does that, was that good, though, Ryan? For yeah, no, game? that's excellent. That's, that's okay. literal. Oh, that's, Florence is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the literal, that's literally what I was, what I was thinking of when okay. I brought this up. Well, uh, I like what's your, uh, I was going to say, what's your second example? Because you said he had three. Yeah, I got three. Uh, so I would be remiss, y'all. If I didn't bring up No Man's Sky. Okay, here we go. All right. Oh, boy. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm going to get a bowl from the fridge. I'll be back in like 20 minutes. Okay. Ryan, do what you do. Okay. <laughs> no, okay, so this is actually a conversation okay. that I'd had. Okay. <laughs> this is a conversation that I'd had with somebody pretty recently. Um,. It kind of just—it was just like a like a general conversation about storytelling and video games, and like kind of the overarching idea of like game design and things like that. Because um, he he knows like he, it's somebody who knows a lot about that sort of thing, and I don't know very much about it, so it's just kind of like a little back and forth that we were having. Um, and I was talking to him about the themes that uh, through. Uh, with No Man's Sky, they kind of drip feed, like, the narrative of that game to you. Um, I was going to say, is there a narrative besides explore space, go to the planets, so, mine shit? So let me... You learn languages and stuff and talk to people. So the, so the funny thing about the story of No Man's Sky is it was something that was kind of... Uh, it was kind of put there, kind of post-launch. They kind of... It was, they had, a, like, the kind of the skeleton of a story, but, like, they didn't really you know, expound upon that until like later updates and everything. So there are actually three, uh, there are actually three separate storylines in the game at this point. Um, but there is one called the Atlas path, which is, uh, which is like tens of hours long that kind of takes you to different points in the galaxy and getting the story in that format kind of expounded this theme to me, which is, I feel like the overarching theme of No Man's Sky at this point in the way that it exists now is exploring the nature of existence and what it means to, one, what it means to be alive and two, what it means to find your purpose and defining what that purpose is. And Throughout the game, throughout that throughout that particular storyline, your character asks themselves questions like, um, "Like, what am I looking I for?" Hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, they ask themselves a lot of questions like, "What am I looking for? Um, who am I? Where did I come from?" And these are none of these are things that the character knows, but they are continually on the search for, and they keep they keep find they keep going to each of these Atlas beacons, hoping to find more of an answer. And 
every, every at every beacon that they that they encounter, they ask themselves that question again of what is the nature of my existence? And do I have a destination? Well, I know it when I see it. Have I already been there? Does it even exist? Um, and even further takes you down the path of counting the cost of discovery and when is that cost too high and when do you just decide that you are who you are you are where you are and that's it uh, uh, believe. what's that that's Popeye I believe oh no, Popeye says I am and what I, I am. And that's all what I am. Okay. Um, I'm just fucking with you. But it continually asks that question over the hours-long journey that you go finding all these beacons. It continually asks that question, and the question is never really answered in a way that is like succinct or concrete. It's left kind of, um, it's one of those, it's open to interpretation kind of things, right? But I know that there are games that question, I guess, the broader idea of humanity and the broader idea of existence. But yeah. when when I put that against the backdrop of like an endless and ongoing void that is space it takes kind of like a, a very much a uh space odyssey you like space i was like you love space exploration yeah. so like adding this thought to space exploration well, is kind of your jam it's it's crazy right because the backdrop of space which is like infinite and ongoing and questioning the nature of your existence while being in the middle of that void is just it's something that like it's it makes me feel like it makes me feel like asking that question is something that i will i'll think about you know for a really long time like thinking about the nature of existence and the in the context of being a denizen of this ongoing and endless universe and it's kind of a it's kind of a um what's the word um a persistent theme throughout the game as you find things as you find relics as you find uh as you find crashed freighters as you find the ruins of lost civilization it is always asking the question of what does it mean to exist and do i act do i actually have a purpose in this universe and that is very compelling to me uh nice. and and it's funny because you like, find such a... go ahead Sorry, delay again. My apologies. Keep going. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm glad that you found, like, such profoundness in this game, especially compared to, like, when it launched and yeah. all the hate that it's gotten. A lot of people have talked about how much better it is. But, I mean, <clears throat> as far as it goes and the things that I've seen, because I, like, I was like, how much better is it? And the fact that you love it, I've looked into it. And I definitely can, like, some of the videos and playthroughs that I've watched recently, I can definitely see where that theme is. I don't think it resonates with me because that's not my jam, but it is nice that like to have like a hobby or not hobby, like a genre that you really enjoy. And it's kind of like spatial exploration isn't the most niche, but it is nicher than others. 
uh, and have something that is more thought provoking or different than the other ones that you've been playing. I'm glad you have that. Well, I and I think No Man's Sky is. I think that all space games share the same trait in that they they are all very much a you will get as much out of this as you put into it kind of thing, and in that like all space games like have this weird like slow initial grind to them before they actually start giving you anything really of substance and so i can definitely see how even now with all the with all the improvements that have been made to the game i could see how someone could look at it on its on on its face and just be like nope there's nothing here right um but it, again it's something that it rewards you it's for. nothing but it's just nothing yeah yeah it's, but it you know, it's something. It's very much something that rewards you for seeking those things out. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically where I was going with that. Cool. What about uh, your third example. Oh right. Uh, so where's my? So my third example. Notebook. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so my third example is Bioshock. Um. Specifically, the first one, uh, which is, I think, of of the three, I think I've probably spent the most time thinking about. Um, while it is, it is certain. While the first one is certainly not my favorite of the three, um, it is something that I thought about only because of. I think about it the way I thought about it when I played it. Versus how I feel about these themes, like now that I'm 15 years older. A man. <laughs> now, not I'm a, not <laughs> I'm a man, right? So, <laughs> so, um, Andrew Ryan's, uh, I guess his 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 objectivist utopia that he built in Rapture. Um, it's just that, right? Like the pursuit of greatness at any cost, the pursuit at personal perfection, um, independent of anyone else, independent of ethics, morals, whatever those are, whatever, right? And what I think about a lot- Rapture was originally supposed to be. <laughs> uh, so what I think about a lot, right, is about how, um, how heavily inspired by the writings of objectivist novelist Ayn Rand this whole thing was, right? And mm. when I was, how old was I? I think uh, I was probably in my early 20s when this game came out. And when, when, I, when, I, when I first saw all that stuff, I was like, this is so, it's just mind-blowing. This is just crazy, amazing, like, just like, personal perfection, the nihilist pursuit of success is the coolest thing I've ever heard of. And then I, and I'm bringing this up because now I go back and I look at this one, like, as I'm, you know, I've, my, I, my ideologies have changed greatly since that game came out. And when I saw that at first, even in the, even in the landscape of what Rapture is, when you actually get to experience it, which is a ruin uh, and a monument to the hubris of Andrew Ryan, 
even even that, even when I saw it in that context, I still thought that these ideals are sound and awesome. And uh, now, you know, fifteen almost fifteen years later, I just I've kind of done like a complete one eighty on that. And well, no wonder if no wonder it failed. <laughs> Fuck this shit. <laughs> too, because like like you like you're saying like that's not the message the game presents. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and um, uh, and it's weird that I like I like every the game gives me every single reason why this thing fell apart. Yeah, and I still thought it was awesome, <laughs> and I don't, and I and I I think that was very much like, um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I thought that if I, I don't know, I thought that for some reason if. I looked at the objectivist philosophy that drove Rapture and uh, uh, I guess tried in some way to adopt it. That would make me some sort of like that would make me an intellectual of some kind. And I'm realizing and I realized later on in my life how full of shit that like that whole line of thinking was. Um, Like very black and white. And the world is shades of gray and yeah. morally everything can be debated depending on like people like experience and all that stuff so like i think there is something that the people like do like to attach to when it comes to those ideals because it's it's pretty straightforward and it makes you like why isn't everyone doing this, this is so e- like this is yeah. so, like such a good idea well, the reason is because it's not a good idea because it's not how the world works. Yeah, I mean, the idea is that the talented should benefit from their <laughs> talent, you right. know, and that others should not. Right. Uh, it's a very selfish way of thinking. Yeah. But I don't think it's necessarily all bad. But uh, you know, yeah, it's, it is funny that you know it's not the best. Game presents, and that's what you took from it. Like, yeah. that is very funny. Well, I, but again, like this is like this is like um, you know, uh, like the the impressionable fifteen year old who like who listened to everything that Tyler Durden says and was like, you know what? Yes, <laughs> you know, and it's, it was like that kind of line of thinking. Like, you take this like who was someone who was obviously a bullshit artist and take everything to heart and just kind of uh, regurgitate it to anyone who will listen. That was. Basically, Ryan in his early twenties, and now thirty-five-year-old Ryan realizing how full of shit all of that was. But I was Andrew Ryan. This sure, is Ryan Robinson. Yes, right. Yes, Ryan Rice from your great Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Ryan from your yes. Yeah. So early, tw- early tw- Ryan in his early twenties was Andrew Ryan. Yeah. This is. Uh... <laughs> but um, yeah, and it's it's funny though, right? Because like, you know, I. When you, when a game takes such a like a philosophical slant as that game does, as your ideology, as your belief system changes or your ideologies change, going back to a work like yeah, as you grow up, um, going back to a game like that, it takes on a whole different light. I think Um, because I see I see the world differently, a lot differently now than I saw it fifteen years ago. And, uh, and I kind of, and I kind of like, I'm playing the, like I've, I played through this game within the last, uh, 
a uh, few months or so. And like the whole time, just like kind of just side eyed everything. Like every time, every time Andrew Ryan came on, I was like, really? But, uh, but it, it's, it's, I... it's weird because like, it's, it's, it's still, even, even now, all that stuff is stuck with me. Um, I don't, I don't buy into it, but it's still something that I think yeah. about every time, like I, every time Bioshock is mentioned. Um, yeah, I kind of like have had a similar experience with like rereading um, Harry Potter as an adult, because as a child, I mean, I was the demographic for them, like, and I bought each one as they came out, and I thought Harry and his friends were so smart. And the ideas and the thoughts of, like, that love can conquer all and, like, has all this power and stuff like that. And as an adult, I'm just like, where, why is no one stopping them? Yeah. They're in such danger. These poor babies. <laughs> and I think that they, it's always, like, fun to go back to those things that have had that perspective. Because, like, you know, with being courageous and brave and yeah. saying what's right and stuff like that. Those ideals that I have gotten from, like, you know... Granted, a lot of it's young adult fiction, so, like, of course it's going to spout those. But reading them, like, back further, realizing the shortcomings, I I do understand, like, what, like, it sticks to you, and it, it is, like, I don't have a better word besides weird. Well, like, like, like oh. it's easy to get swept up in it when you're, like, as a younger person, it's easy to get swept up in that sort of thing, because it's so, when they romanticize it in a very, in a specific way, it's easy to, like... It's the bathosphere slideshow, right? Yeah. Like... Yeah, no, like, it says the man from the Vatican. It belongs yeah, to God. Yeah, and like, because, kind of and yeah. basically, like, Andrew, I have no idea what you're referencing. So, as you <laughs> as you're descending, uh, the first part of Bioshock, you're descending into. No, I mean, I. <laughs> oh, is that what he's talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's like you descend into uh, Rapture through this through uh, uh, through. It's the... a vehicle called a bathosphere. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I because I remember going down and like you see all the things before you dock. Yeah. I just, just I memory of a goldfish. Do not remember what they're called. <laughs> it's funny because like Andrew Ryan, like in that I guess in that fifteen seconds, the fifteen thirty seconds, he managed yeah. to like galvanize me. And I was like, oh hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why should I mean? Why, why should they yeah, benefit from my from my work? You know, it's such a funny speech. Like, and it's written that way, right? Like. Ken Levine was very smart with those games. I know he didn't do all the writing, but like that whole Bathus, like that's Stalin slamming his fist. You yeah, know? like that's what that is. And yeah. like you bought you bought into it. That's yeah. all. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> hey, they got me. I bought in. Yeah. All right, yeah. where do I sign? Um, yeah. But of, but again, like of course, like a like a twenty one year old kid's gonna like hear that and be like, you know what? Right. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, I mean, some of it makes sense, right? Yeah. So but, like you know. Um, it, but it's only like in the you know with the with the clarity of hindsight you, you know I look yeah. at it and I just say no that's that's it's all bullshit yeah um, but it is interesting to revisit that stuff only in that only if only to kind of observe it in, in a different light and I think that it was written at least for the time I think it was written very smartly um, and I think that a lot of the when a lot of times when people talk about Bioshock. They talk about the twist at the end, which is, at the time, was compelling, but it is a part of, it is the aspect, like, I guess, as is the nature of all plot twists, the aspect of that, that ages the worst. Um, yeah. But, the end of that game is the worst part of that game. Yeah. You know? The whole, like, would you kindly thing is fine, that's whatever, but, like, then you fight some giant 
gold thing. Yeah. You know, what is yeah. that? Gold <laughs> gold finger. What is <laughs> Oh, I never beat the game. I didn't realize that was the ending. Yeah, you, you fight yeah. Goldfinger. Uh the band. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um yeah, you know, and I think that when like as Bioshock uh, moved forward because I, I didn't because those weren't themes that I picked up on uh, in the interview. Well, I guess that was also kind of well, prevalent in, in Infinite only because like, but it was like, it wasn't so much built on like individual greatness as it was built up on like racism. Um, but what about racism and class and yeah. you know, things of that nature. Yeah. But, um, but you know, and I, I think, and I, I, I wonder, you know, also, like, what kind of game uh, or what kind of story would it have been if Bio- if the first Bioshock came out, like, this year? And if it would have still been written that way or if it would have still had those same... It would have still had... If it still would have had those same beats and still kind of would have gone with those same, you know, themes, like, what kind of game it would have been uh, now. And if it... And if, like... 15 years from now, if that game would have aged better than Bioshock has aged at this point. Um, I think not. If they're hitting the same beats, still the plot twist, still hitting that. I don't think necessarily would have aged better. I think it would have probably been written differently. Maybe had some other references in there to be more, I guess, like, more people can connect to it a little bit differently than they did. Uh, than they, they probably would the first time playing Bioshock now. But I feel like for that franchise, it would probably still be the same. Because a lot of things, like, we don't know what 15, 15 years from now is going to be like. We don't know what the culture is going to be like. Slang, any of that stuff. So, and at that point, we'll be ancients and boomers. So, like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. We'll just be angry and old. Way ahead of you. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought I really like this theme, though. I, I, or this topic idea. I think that we should revisit it again at some point because there's some games that I kind of have like a formation of an idea, but nothing like fully thought out. Sure, and yeah. um, you know, it, it's and it's not like I, I, uh, I play games looking to find something in them. Uh, I just like something pops always. Out. Uh, and sometimes like sometimes a game is like sold to me in a way that like I feel like I should other times I play the game and something just pops out at me you know and um and I don't think that and I don't think that any of the games that I I don't know well maybe they were I don't know but initially at least I didn't feel like those were things that were supposed to have jumped out at me like for like when I bought Bioshock I thought it was going to be a a weird shooter that I that I played you know I didn't think I was going to get any of that other shit out of it um you know, I, I didn't think that I was going to get, you know, I didn't think I was going to get any of the shit I got out of, you know, the other games that I that I mentioned, you know. I just, it's just something that sort of happened, um, which I think is like, you know, what's what's fun about it, you know. It's fun to find that stuff. It's meant to the storytelling of the game. Yeah. That you can get, like, other things from it. Yeah. But, um, do y'all have any closing thoughts? Ryan, I know you've started it like multiple times. You need to play near because, like, 
that's all that game is. It's just a bunch of those, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh, and the way, like, hearing the way that you, it wasn't more than hearing how you talked about it, but hearing how it affected your young daughter is like what made it more, what made it most compelling to me because like because i don't i i honestly and i i guess i'm sure preteens are different now than they were when i was a preteen but i just don't imagine a lot of the time, like if i were a preteen playing that game i think that what i would have gotten out of it is this is a sexy robot with a big sword and that's fun for me whereas okay, Ren, but she's like way smarter than we were so that's also fair. Oh, yeah. Fair, fair point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's, she's, she, she is a smart lady, but yeah, you know, she's great. I, I just, I'm, I'm excited to actually, you know, play that game and let it ask me all these philosophical questions and kind of just let it melt my brain. But, you know, we'll see. So this week, this week, though, on Content Corner, uh, no, I, I want to... <laughs> I don't care. This is our show. I'm going to talk about what I want. She wants to she talk uh, about I what found... she wants, Tom. I just give you, like, a couple minutes. Just give her a couple minutes. Yeah, no, so... So let me finish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I've never watched Seinfeld. I'm watching it now. I started, like, four days ago. I'm already on the third season. Uh, it is super interesting going back and watching it now, especially since watching it now in a pandemic and a lot of the jokes and grievances i'm just like oh i miss those yeah i miss those things that exist a simpler time uh also just like the the just like differences on there i finished doom patrol it's fantastic i would recommend it to anybody um i've also talked about before on like pre-shows that i have a list of things i'm trying to catch up on Right now, I am working on it and putting in categories, and once I do, I'm going to drop it into the Discord if anybody wants to suggest or add anything in there. You got a lot of lists. And I do. Oh, gosh. I have so many lists right now. I, but I forget everything, so I decided I'm just going to make lists and write everything down, and then I'll forget those lists. <laughs> Sinead's list. Yeah. It's like Schindler's list, except the stakes, yeah. are, way, the stakes are way lower. <laughs> <laughs> And hopefully it's less depressing. Sure. Yeah. And it's in color. I don't know. Schindler's list. Schindler's list is on my list of movies, by the way. <laughs> it made the list. <laughs> Never watched it. Uh, not really. Um, but yeah, if you guys are wanting to listen to us, we can be found on most podcast apps. We're on, you know, the iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that jazz. Um, we also have this Instagram. We have a Discord. There will be links to those. And thanks for listening to us. And bye, guys. Bye. Bye.